So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave, semi-colon. Self-congratulatory episode number 554. Right. Yeah. Five, well, episode five, number one, because it's always four. number one, because we're number it's one. it's always the best. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're Or wait, number, number four. Number four or 49. Is it 49? I can't. I'm <laughs> yes, going to find that email. 49. Um, 49th in Ireland. So yeah, this podcast is about how we finally published our book and it's available on Amazon. And you're like, who are you people? And I guess we should say that front matter stuff up front. Yes. Yeah. The like get through this part. Uh, So that's Ned and I'm Megan. We have this podcast by accident, but it's more than an accident now because it's been going for like four years. So yes, yeah, here we are. And uh, 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 I want to make a retroactive co- correction. It's actually oh. position 59th in the category of design in Ireland. 59th. Yeah, and that was in December 29, 2020. So it can only go sideways from there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh my God! So yes, yours truly's yes, plural. Meg, Meg, and Ned. Rank I'll let you assign 59. names as you feel appropriate. To voices. Yeah, switch them halfway through for self entertainment. Yes, <laughs> right. Just keep things lively. Yeah. Um. Yeah, flexible. So flexible. Yeah. Keep things flexible. Yeah. So we're 59th. I have to make a note, a correction in my notes here. 59th. Yes. In the category of art and design podcasts in Ireland. Yes. Uh, just no, sorry. In the category of design. Oh, design. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it was art and design, we'd be number one. Obviously. Yeah. But who wants that kind of attention? No. Sounds um, like a headache. But more importantly, oh, so front matter. Yes. Um, if this is the first time you've listened to this podcast, uh, its full title is Feature Creep Colon Built in Microwave. You can email our executive, uh, sorry, the CEO and founder, Dana at D-A-N-A at F-C-B-M dot I-O. Um, and you can chime in and say shit that you have thoughts about the podcast or things you thought we got right or wrong or whatever, you know, whatever the fuck. Um, right. That's how you get a hold of us. Uh, and then, um, yeah, sorry. And then we wrote a book and we've already podcasted about it a few times, but this time yeah. we're for real serious. And also we just found out that um, we sold... 13 units which is in easily in the double digits which is already easily. fucking massive like huge well sales. into double yeah. digits well into double digits exactly and international sales with one in germany so you know that we're internationally uh sold authors internationally <laughs> practically moguls at this point practically yeah yeah um yeah also of interest is that um for the <laughs> category of uh, uh, humor, general humor, general uh, humor sales through our our print on demand publishing service, which is um, Ingram Spark. That's the company that we're using right now. Um, we ranked number four, which I believe mm-hmm. is for April sales, um, which is huge, right? Because like what? What? Yeah. <laughs> because what? I think. <laughs> but I. I uh, uh, yeah. Go on. Yes, but. 
Yeah, it, it's like surprising. We had to like check it a couple of times. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. So I think I think what that means is that of the books that are available through Ingram Spark in that category, which is humor, comma general. Yeah. For for the month of April, we ranked number four in sales from that, which is to say that probably they don't have a lot of adult or uh, sorry general humor books in that category. Yeah. Or maybe just in April, that category didn't get a lot of books. Or the top three sold thousands and we're just, you know, right there right with behind the, them. Right behind them. Yeah, we're, we're, the we're on the heels. We're on the heels. On the heels. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're hot on the heels of uh, uh oh. highly successful authors <laughs> i was gonna say now that we've uh now that we've comp- you know talked through the the front matter and gotten right. to the point where probably most people have stopped listening except for the <laughs> yes. listeners who Let's we normally have stuff. um now we can actually plug what the fucking book we're talking about is right um, yes so we wrote this book called uh every time a bell rings and it is this delightful um expose on the troubles and tribulations of angels in the modern era yes um well uh, said yeah i wrote uh couplets rhyming couplets roughly and meg Mm -hmm. um did beautiful artwork to match so every every couplet has corresponding artwork um and it's just a delightful sort of fictional look at the lives of angels with riffing on the idea of every time a bell rings um right it's super good and the point of the book just to uh like give an artist statement about it right Mm is like our motivation was we wanted to see if we could write illustrate and publish a book in a single single weekend which we succeeded at yes yeah um the original copy was hand drawn and hand uh the text ned did a beautiful script for the text and he would write uh, the couplet and then as soon as he was done with it he would pass the page to me and then I would write the illustration and I would have to finish as soon as he wrote the next couplet so we kind of like had this cycle going where we timed it out to each other's yeah. uh, rhythm and then made it all the way through the book with all of the couplets we had mm-hmm. and then um, you have this amazing sewing machine and so we bound the book and sewed it yeah. along the spine and had a print copy of our own book in less than 48 hours yeah it was really fantastic super fun yeah. process and then yeah. we were like we should probably like make this available for other people to read because it's clearly genius <laughs> yes. and who are we to keep that from other people right and thus three years later you can now get a copy of our book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and that uh yeah that whole process um we talked a little bit about it uh, previously on a previous yeah. podcast but um essentially the the big hurdle turned out to be purchasing and affixing isbn numbers yeah um, it's never the thing you think is going to be the hard part it's always right. like how did this become the thing that like took we we blew through all the <clears throat> processing got it um you know uh chris the graphic designer who we have had on the podcast previously some of right. our very earliest episodes he was um right in there being a co-host which was awesome yeah uh, now, he, he's still around uh, he's still he around yeah and he he did all the layout up. work um to get the document into the format yes. that we needed in order to submit it to the publishing uh, or to the print on demand service um, so great yeah and so um, that all went really quickly and smoothly and then uh, when we came when we finally discovered that we actually needed to have our own isbn number in order to like properly distribute the book 
um, mm-hmm. so that like bookstores can purchase it and people can buy them. Like you can buy the book on Amazon now. Um, uh, by the way, you can find this book on Amazon. I think the fastest way to find this book on Amazon is to Google every or to search in Amazon for every time a bell rings and then add the author Disaster. That's D E E space Z A S T E R. Um, That's me. Yeah. And so if you add, or you can uh, add the other author, Arthur G. Enos, but um, <laughs> either one, uh, but the disaster one's easier to remember and easier yeah. to drop in. And if you do that, it comes right up. You can't miss it. Um, it's the listing is hilarious to me because uh, clearly it shows we need a little work on the metadata for the book because the book is um, a very unassuming white with black font cover. Yes, it gives you no clues to the horrors yeah. inside. There's absolutely nothing on the rear cover except for the ISBN barcode, or ISBN mm-hmm. number and the barcode. And so um, the horrors inside indeed. So we may we may uh, do some revisions. If you are um, you know, curious what's inside, like I said, every page, basically every every spread has a full like a full color art you know, piece of beautiful hand drawing by uh, Meg and and then the couplets. And it's written in a kind of, um, I'll give some examples, but it's written in that, um, uh, like, it's sort of like, it's written to be a surprise. So like you read the first part of the couplet. Um, so for instance, this one is every time someone opens a tin and then it's followed by the next, you turn the page over and then you get the, an angel gets kicked in the shin. And then you get the lovely art that Meg drew right. to correspond with that, um, showing an, a tin kicking an angel in the shin, which is great. Um, it's like a peekaboo book. It's Yeah, it's a little bit like a peekaboo book. Like you read <laughs> one page and then you're like, oh, I don't, you get, and then you get to find out what the rhyming couplet <laughs> follow-up is, plus the art to give you like a little delight. Um, it's been really well received. I was, because there's definitely, um, you know, based on our own sense of humor and politics, mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, I the most controversial thing in there, I would suppose, is either feeding angels through which I mean, if you feel strongly <laughs> about angels and you believe in angels and you don't like the idea of us discussing them getting fed through wood chippers or getting abortions, then right. this may not be for you. And we I guess we understand that. Um, yeah. Though probably know, no this whole feelings. podcast is not really in your you know right if you've made it this far yes i i will say if you feel strongly about those things and you don't like that kind of humor and you still are sticking it out i would like to hear from you not in a like attacking way i'm just glad that <laughs> people are able like it's hard to hold things you know i think as yeah. humans it's hard to have something that's like in such conflict you know and at least i don't know at yeah. least us politics right now seems to be driving towards everything must be absolute there's no room for gray area or allowance for other people to have any conflicting opinions about anything around you Um, Uh, fuck nuance fuck nuance (laughs) right exactly we've got a hard line in the sand right right you're either with us or against us indeed yeah um (laughs) i feel like we'd we started this podcast because we actually had more to add beyond the book um Right. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come in a minute. I just don't remember what it was. Um, I don't either. What were we going to talk about? Oh, but anyway, uh, number four, number yes, four for sure, which is number important. Number four in the general yep. humor category. That's amazing. It's not even adult humor. I mean, the book could be considered adult humor, but we didn't get wedged into the adult humor category. We're just in general humor. Yeah, there's no swears in there. No. I don't think. 
I don't think there's anything particularly horrifying, actually. No, I mean, the only thing is that there's like, you know, the fact that we mentioned an angel getting an abortion feels like, you know, I, I, it strikes me as frustrating that we've gotten to a point where I'm like, oh, that could be the issue. That could be the issue. (laughs) I mean, a make-believe mythical creature getting a procedure done that's like, none of this makes sense, right? Like, it just, from my point of a fairly personal and, um, you know, very survivable medical procedure as opposed right. to yeah um yeah i you know. <laughs> i what were we listening to the other day or damon was reading something to me that was like um mentioned the uh mifepristone um decision by the judge in texas to be a oh. surprise and i was like i've been doing this for 25 years this is not a surprise right right yeah no this is yeah I've been working been... in this advocacy for a long time and right. nothing about this is even remotely surprising. I, I already hear somebody going like abortions are 100% fatal and it's like, oh, fuck oh. you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. Did you yeah. ever hear about like there's like an ethics argument and I can't remember who the philosopher was that um, came up with this one, but it's like would you think that it was okay? Let's say there's like a famous violinist and this famous mm-hmm. violin will still die if they're not like basically receiving if they're not like surgically attached to you so that your body does the work of like oh, right, their right. blood and stuff. Yeah. And if you find that objectionable, then you should also by definition find it objectionable that people are forced to carry pregnancies to term. Right. Right. And, uh, but one is like preposterous sounding while the other one seems like really obvious. And so it's like, yeah, but they're basically the same thing. I wish I could remember who, who did that. We could Google it. Yeah. Know. That'd be a good, yeah. Uh, we were watching something the other day about, um, the trolley problem mm-hmm. and like how ridiculous it is and like we've talked about this before like yeah it wasn't ever supposed to make it into pop culture like no your average right. person isn't supposed to consider the trolley problem as like right. indicative yes. of anything realistic or whatever it's just an illustrative device to mm-hmm. make right. make it through the process of an argument about bad like a, being confronted by a series of bad choices and how do you like sift through which one anyway like um yeah, the fact that it's like now canon in like so many like major classes and books. Oh my god, and, yes, and like, it's like super, po- like super, like uh, effused throughout pop culture. Yeah, and I'm like, oh god, this makes philosophy look absolutely fucking psychotic. Like this right. is not the best yeah. that we have to offer. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like, how did right. this fucking offhanded thing become like emblematic of like what is philosophy about? Well, you see, there's this trolley, and it's gonna kill someone. Right. <laughs> it's like, what? Where? What do you do? This conversation. Like, this is not real. <laughs> would this? Why would this situation ever occur? Right. <laughs> it's not literal. Uh. So um, I have some interesting uh, news. I emailed the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center near my house because if um, anyone was listening earlier this year, they might have heard the story about how a gray tree frog emerged from a potted plant in my house that I had brought into over winter. And I was like, what am I going to do with this frog? And so I took him to the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center in Roseville, Minnesota, where they put him in a tree frog enclosure because they have a tree frog hotel because apparently a lot of these tree frogs end up showing up in people's houses in like January ish mm-hmm. or like end of January. Like I'm here. Uh, you're three months too early. So um, they have this whole like tree frog hotel. And when they um, re- return the tree frogs to their 
original habitat, um, they keep track of where they came from and they return the frogs to their homes, right? So like right, my right. little tree frog is going to come back to my yard. He's been at the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center for like 80 some days. Wow. I know, like 82 days or something like that. This is fantastic. Yes, I know. And he will be brought back to my yard. And when they bring him home, they will knock on my door so I can say hello. <laughs> Sweet. Isn't that adorable? Yeah. Oh, man, it's so cute. So, yep. Um, I learned in discussing the tree frog with one of the people who works there that this Wildlife Rehabilitation Center is the largest animal hospital in the whole world. And it's right wow. by my house. And so I'm going to maybe try and um, volunteer there. Not necessarily directly with animals because I'll probably get too attached to them. But like, I'll do your data entry. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Or no, whatever awesome. whatever job you don't want to do, I'll do for right, you. Right, right. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I was, like, really surprised to hear that. They treat, like, 50,000 animals a year. Wow. That's, or something like that. It's yeah. something close to that. It's really insane how many animals they take care of, a lot of whom are either injured or orphaned. Um, and they take great pains to rehabilitate them and um, release them to... The places where they came from, which is super fucking cool. I also had two bald eagles fly over our car yesterday, which was like, where did they come from? I don't right. know. Right. They in the city? Okay. And they flew like right over right over the hood of our car. How funny. I know. There's wildlife all over here. The reason is because it was like 85 motherfucking degrees here mm-hmm. for like 10 right. days in a row or something. Like hot as blazes. I already have a tan. I was outside <laughs> in like a, t- like a dress and an apron working in the yard, and I got like super tan on my arms and shoulders. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and then it snowed again yesterday, like five inches of snow. So it was like ninety degrees, and we were standing outside in at, like the temperature on our car said ninety. So I don't know if it actually crested at ninety, but it was very close if it wasn't actually ninety outside. Uh-huh. Um, but we were standing next to like a giant fucking pile of snow at ninety degrees. That's nuts. And I was talking to our waiter uh, at what. Or server, I guess waiters passe. That's not a term anyone uses anymore. His name is John, and he's great, and he knows us as regulars at this restaurant called Tim- Chimborazo that we eat at every weekend. Yeah, and uh, we saw him, and I was like, "Dude, you've lived here like forever, right?" And yeah, like, yeah. And I was like, "Do you ever remember standing next to a snow pile when it was this warm outside?" He's like, "No, I don't think this <laughs> has ever happened before." Such a wild swing in temperature. Yeah, it was like insane hot. I was like. Eh. It's not supposed to be this hot at this time of the year. It's supposed to be like 55, yeah, not like 85. Yeah. So it was like we set a, re- a new record temperature here, um, a new high. And it has been in the 80s in April before. I know this for certain because when my mom was working at a hospital downtown as a nurse, one afternoon I went to go pick her up and I was in the car and the car told me it was 84 degrees outside and it was in April. And that's the only other time in April I remember it being this hot. God, that's fucking. I, it's very trippy. It's so San Diego weather has been kind of crazy like that. Like we had a yeah. really hot day, um, or we've had these hot days, but then like really cold, and we've had just rain. Like it was raining this morning. It's been, um, which we oftentimes get rain this time of year, like on and mm-hmm. off. But I think we've had, like, I think I think somebody was saying it was like we've had more rain than Seattle so far. Whoa. Yeah. 
I heard that a bunch of fucking reservoirs and shit filled up because of the atmospheric rivers dumping so much rain on your state. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, we might not have to panic as much. Yeah. I mean, that part is good. But like yeah, people are like, not- this is going to be good for the fires. And I'm like, no, this is going to be really bad for the fires. Because every yeah. time we have a lot of rain like this, um, the problem is, is you need it stretched out over the whole year. Yes. to keep things sort of like from damp. super drying out damp yeah, but yeah, what yeah. happens instead is that you get this and then because all of the species that are native here know what to do with it and they like burst into action and fucking grow as fast as they can produce right. a bunch of fucking cellulose and then they yeah. all fucking go to seed and die and leave all that cellulose on the fucking top layer and that shit yeah. fucking burns so fast Yes, um, it's like and, and it's hot like too. Fucking dry as a bone, like everything's fucking, you know, yeah. yeah, and then it gets hot and then you just get these like massive just firestorms sweeping across the state and it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um and It is super terrifying. Yeah. And we don't have a uh, burn program, I don't think. I think they were talking about doing that. Um Yeah. I mean, we I, should, but th- we don't. That don't would know. be a good idea. Yeah. I mean, controlled right. burns are a good idea. Um, <clears throat> we, uh, what I'm concerned about here is not that like, not that it's going to get that much hotter than normal. Which I mean, it was just super hotter than normal. But yeah. I'm what I'm I'm not so much concerned about um, the heat as I am like the cold snaps. So what I was worried about the other day is like my trees, my maple trees, my apple tree, my cherry tree. Um, my Japanese lilac tree, all my lilac bushes, they've all budded out. Like they're ready to go and explode mm-hmm. into flower. There's a bunch of stuff, green stuff coming up everywhere here, right? right. So stuff was already like, oh shit, it's summer. And yeah. then it like dumps snow everywhere. And I'm like, fuck, that's not good. Like the, it's like uh, all of the plants here can handle snow, but not after it's been 85. Right, right. They're like, oh, great. Okay, start the process. No, it's freezing. We're all dying. Right. So I'm really concerned about that. Like from yeah. from a long-term survival perspective, mm-hmm. like it's really going to suck if all the vegetation gets wiped out in a single go across the state. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how to deal with that. Um, it, I'm just going to not, I'm just going to not think about it. Right, right. I mean, I don't I know what else you can that do. That problem, so yeah. I'm gonna try not to think about it. Right. You know what I did want to do though. This is an interesting project for the um, steel gutted people out there of the world. <clears throat> um, I was at Half Price Bookstore yesterday, and um, I bought a couple of cookbooks because the books that I was initially looking at to buy were all about environmental cataclysm, and I realized that I was like, I can't walk out of here with a stack of books about how we're all gonna burn to death. <laughs> Like a little overwhelming. So I was like, maybe I'll just get one of those. So I got a collected, uh-huh. the collected works of Greta Thunberg, like her speeches. Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought, okay, that's, that's, uh, that's good for now. I'll learn something about this child's philosophy. And then, um, I also got cookbooks because I was like, Hey, this presumes that there's going to be food for us to eat. Right. You know? so like, yes. uh, that's a little more cheery. Uh-huh. Um, but one of the books was written in 2003 and then was reprinted in paperback in 2015, which yeah. is the book that I was going to pick up and take home with me. But I was like, Oh, maybe I should save this for an actual project, which is to go back 20, 30 15 10 years yeah. read all of the books about climate predictions and then compare them to what's actually happening today and see how like 
just oh, see. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because it can it can absolutely be the case that at the time those books were written, the trajectory they described was correct, but mm-hmm. some new shit could come to light which can change that direct trajectory after the fact, rendering those people incorrect when in fact they may have been correct at one time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. it depends on where you stick the pin in as to like the measurements you take as to the accuracy of their arguments. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just kind of interested to like that would be probably a project for someone who has more real time on their hands than I have considering right, I actually have right. research I'm doing for school for other things that are not this topic. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was like, man, I, it would be interesting just to see how right and like how um, like if any of these sources were like especially shrill in retrospect, because I kind of feel like no amount of alarm is excessive in this scenario. Right. Right. Yes. Um, like shit's going, shit's uh, escalating here a lot quicker than I think people really predicted. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. We, you know, Damon, I was saying something to Damon, like before we all, you know, died to death screaming in a fire. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, that's not going to happen. Before that, we'll just park the car in the garage and go to sleep. Right. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm glad you've thought about this. And that actually is much better of a plan than I had, which was to die screaming. So uh-huh. thank you for thinking of that uh-huh. <laughs> while I'm over here having a flop sweat about my impending we'll demise. We'll just go park in the garage and just go go to sleep. You know, it's fine. We'll just put on like parcels uh-huh. and uh, smoke some weed and fall asleep forever. It's going to be fine. <laughs> It's, gonna fight. it's a good way to go yes. totally manageable um so like, uh uh yeah i've been thinking about that and like um I, all of this sort of washed over me in the five minutes that i was standing mm-hmm. in front of the like cataclysm book section at half race yeah. books right um i that's the bookstore that i was at when i left my cell phone behind and i came back and they're like can you describe it and i was like it is a black moto for cell phone in a black case and they're like does it have anything on the case and i was like uh it does it has a sticker they're like what does the sticker say and i said it says all cats are beautiful and they're like yeah we have your phone <laughs> i was like you just wanted me to say it they were very appreciative of my sticker which that is came adorable from a friend of ours yes yeah they sent it uh cyan sent it to me Oh, I should get I should get some of those stickers because uh, somebody I know would appreciate them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love cats, I suppose, but they're also evil and the worst. Um, right. Yeah, as someone yeah. who's allergic, I must I must cultivate a level of uh, hatred and despise cats. Right. Yeah, there's really no other way to do it, as far as I can tell. I know. Speaking of cats, now that Biggles is gone, uh, yeah. We're- unshackled from elder cathood and uh for the first time in all of the time that we've known each other we're able to leave the house without thinking about the needs of another organism that can't speak or hear or anticipate its own needs (laughs) for the most part it turns out um so uh that taste of freedom is especially enjoyable and uh i i imagine yeah yeah although uh like for a while there was lots of like stuff trickling in like the people who did his euthanasia were like oh here's some more stuff you need now that the thing is over and then the vets had to give me his ashes and then the vets sent called me about it to say they were sorry and then they sent a letter and so it was Uh like these waves of like I had just stopped thinking about it. I had just stopped thinking about it. Now I'm thinking about it again. So, uh-huh. And I have to take some of his stuff. Like he has food and stuff. So I'm going to donate it to cat rescues and whatnot because I don't 
Yeah, yeah. I need it now. Yeah. I mean, I could feed the raccoons in the yard for a long time off of this cat food yes. stockpile that I yeah. got. But I yeah. suspect that maybe that's not That's probably not. Wise. Yeah. <clears throat> I So I have this kind of, I you know, I've been feeding the... um hummingbirds yeah yes. and i really enjoy it and i've been experimenting with different concentrations of sugar um ah. all within the range of like what i you know i've read online and they're like all basically i think it's like mostly Minimums. they recommend four to one um there's some mm -hmm. people who write about how they think that like the too sweet might be actually a health problem for the birds oh. um but other people are like, no, they're they know what the fuck they're doing, and like, they're, right, they're not gonna gorge themselves accidentally. Yeah. Like, they're gonna stop if they have enough energy. Yeah, I think one article I read was like, it could be hard on their kidneys or whatever, and I'm just like, mm. okay, maybe. But um, I haven't been, you know, it's not like I'm like fucking doing like simple syrup like levels of like two to one or something like that, um, where it's like yeah. really fucking intense. But right. um, what I've been wondering about is whether or not providing like so for instance with a hummingbird feeder it's like this endless supply of sugar water for them which yes. they need like constantly um their metabolic needs are incredible i was watching a documentary about hummingbirds the other yeah. day and they need to refuel like every 15 fucking seconds yeah it's pretty intense right like it's yeah, yeah like they're um and so the the thing about it is that what I'm wondering about is, am I creating like an unsustainable environment for them where I see I'm produce I'm like providing this like excess of food supply, right? That is not tied to, you know, a flowering bush or something, which is one of the reasons I've been trying to get more flowers on my balcony yes. is I want to do a more natural approach to it because, um, one of the things is like, okay, now are they hanging around like what they're like super dependent on this food source? And when it runs mm -hmm. out, like, let's say I go away um, for a week and then it's empty. Like, yeah, did I just fucking kill a bird? Like, you right. know what I mean? and maybe not, you know, I, I get the impression, like I've seen a lot of birds coming through. I've also noticed that perhaps I caught like a migration of them because that's died down uh, now. Um, yes. I'll st I'm still seeing some of the regular birds, but they're not there as intensely. Um, or similar similar species i don't i i'm not sure that they're always the same um but there's a yeah because you have several different kinds of hummingbirds that go through yes. california right i think yeah. we only have a couple a here yeah. not anywhere near the right variety that you guys have yeah so i don't know it's i it's an interesting i know what you mean though so i was like if you reading... feed a bunch of raccoons and then they have babies and they can't feed their babies like you know what's right the, like yes yeah it's i don't what i when i said like oh i don't know if that's a good idea it wasn't because i think feeding wildlife is a bad idea which it might be i mean we're having that discussion There's, right now is sure. it or is it not a good idea to feed right. wildlife it's like i don't mind the squirrels here are practically tame i mean some yeah. wildlife I think has become so acclimated to being around people and scrounging through garbage and things like that, that they actually fulfill not only a niche, but that it's a, like it's a dependable niche. And mm -hmm. uh, so like me putting seed and corn out for squirrels and stuff is, I don't think a problem, but like me regularly feeding raccoons for the reason you stated, I don't want them to become dependent on my food source. And then we suddenly stop feeding them and have them, in a state of crisis because right. they lack the calories they've become adjusted to 
getting on a regular basis. And that's the only reason I wouldn't do it. I don't necessarily want to start because if I start, I have to keep going. And if I can't do that, because, you know, now I have a dead cat and I can travel whenever I want to. (laughs) (laughs) So when I do put food out, I tend to put it out sporadically. Like if I have veggie scraps and stuff like that, sometimes I put it out for the rabbits and squirrels. Yeah. Like if I had sometimes like the cat's food would get a little stale and he'd be like, I don't want to eat that because I'm a spoiled asshole. And I would put it out and I'm sure the raccoons got that. Right. Um, Because it'd be gone like the next day. So it's like, okay, a cat, some other cat or raccoons got it. Um, And there is a family of very large, like dog sized raccoons that live in my neighborhood. And they come, they scooch under my fence in one spot. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, there was, I have a big chain link fence around my yard. uh, And I think a city plow truck might have caught the edge of it. And it pulled like, like chain link fences are woven just like a sweater basically Mm -hmm. like a really loose weave sweater and when the plow came through it caught an edge of the fence and i think it caused a snag in the fence um in the in the regular pattern of the fence and so there's this little part of the fence in along the alleyway where it kind of like boop pokes Mm -hmm. up a little bit yes just big enough for like a big fat raccoon to sneak under (laughs) Um, you know or my cat to sneak out but Uh now that i don't have my cat anymore i opened up that highway again yeah i had put a screen mesh over it so that the cat couldn't get out oh but now the animals can come through yeah and when he stopped going outside so much because he was you know getting old and sick and just didn't have the energy um right i realized well he's not he's when he does go outside he sticks close to the back door and He's not going over by that spot in the fence. And at his age, 21 years old, he was not trying to go anywhere. Like mm-hmm. He was staying put. He used to be really rascally. He used to get out anytime he could. It uh-huh. took me ages to figure out where that loophole in the fence was. Uh-huh. And he would go over and just hang out in the neighbor's yard. Like he lived there. Like he would just lay out in the front yard at the neighbor's house and I would have to go and get him. Uh, And I think I might have mentioned this too. When he would get out or if our neighbor across the alleyway, um, if their cats who spend time in their porch happened to see my cat outside, they would get very upset. And my cat was very territorial. And it was funny because their cats would see my cat and freak out. And then their cats would attack Boone who lives in the house. So, like, the sight of my cat would cause Boone to be attacked by his cats, which was, like, hard to control for because both of our cats look out the windows all the time. And so they would just see each other and be like, oh, I'm so mad. And there's no one here to attack but another human. And then they would attack him. Oh, <laughs> it happened a so few times. so funny. It's terrible. So, yeah, we don't have to worry about that anymore either. Yeah. Well, that's we don't nice. Have to worry about I mean, that's, Boone that's certainly nice for Boone. Fever. Yeah. Right, the poor guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was talking to my cat's uh, vet, Doctor Brothers, who is yeah. such a such a cool guy, um, and such a, a big hearted person. And so I was chatting with him, and he's like, "Yeah, well, you don't have a cat now, but you know, you're going to get another one. So when you do, you just bring him here." And I was like, "Right, of course, I'll bring him to you." Yeah. And I said, um, "I I wonder how long it's going to be because we don't have any like." inclination to get another cat yet right. uh, but that usually in my case has nothing to do with it a cat will come to me i have never yeah. sought out a cat right Cats right the, the problem is is that you allow uh-huh. for cats to exist in your house which is right. i would you know i wish that i wasn't allergic because then i'd probably fucking have a cat too, well but when i see you later in the summer you're not going to be exposed to it's, any dander because it's going to be fantastic clean my yeah. house a million times no, by it, then it's super fantastic look yeah. i am i'm over the moon about it not that your cat died but that <laughs> you know that that space exists but right. um 
yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's, I don't know. It's just funny. I think, like, I've always thought, like, I'd probably end up being that way with dogs a little bit, like, once I kind of have a place where I could have a dog. Because mm-hmm. the problem is, like, if you have one pet and then there's a pet that needs a home, you're kind of like, well, I can well, cram one more up. in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then you do. And then you end up with a menagerie. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So. What kind of dog would you get? Any uh, dog? Uh, yeah, I would just get a rescue. I don't have any kind of like strong feelings about having a particular breed. Um, yeah. It'd be like with you, like with like you end up with a cat because the cat needs a home, not because you were right. like, I'm going to go find a cat now. It's because yeah. some fucking asshole is like, oh, I got these cats. C- can you take one? Yeah. Can you just right. watch it for a little bit? Can you just hang on? I need it. I thought about, well, I haven't brought this up to Damon yet because he'll be like, no. But I thought about doing um like foster cats. Yeah. Because oh, then yeah. they don't permanently live with you. I mean, assuming you're not a foster fail, like everybody ends up. Being yeah, like, that's like, obviously. I would yeah. love to be a foster cat person because I feel like I am really well suited to working with animals that have been traumatized. Yeah. You know, it's a whole like trauma soft zone landing zone at our house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. how we live. Right. So it's like I would totally take a traumatized pet and, and help them not feel so traumatized so they could go live with a nice family or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. yeah. But not right now. Right now I have other things to contend with, like a basement full of fucking plants that I'm like, if it keeps snowing, I can't put you outside. Right. Right. My radishes pooped out because I had to put a fan on everybody and the radishes were the babies and they just couldn't take it and I was like not paying close enough attention so I lost oh, my radishes. Oh, they died. But everybody else is really robust and the yeah. morning glories are like vining all over the fucking place. I'm going to awesome. have to carefully unwind them when I move them outside. Yeah. Do um, they are, they're kind of good hummingbird plants, right? I think I don't know. I think maybe I know that certain um, moths really like them, especially moonflowers, which are the ones that bloom at night. Yeah. Um, um, according to one's website, um, one of the best hummingbird flowers. It's hmm. morning glory. Interesting. I should grow some because they they grow really fast and they grow well here. And I you bet they what? do well in a pot. Cause I, I will send you some seeds that I oh, took cool. from my garden and you can grow some of mine. And also I have a really fancy mix of seeds um, for a hummingbird mix. It's like agastache and a bunch of other plants that grow pretty quick. And the yeah. hummingbirds fucking love them. I'll send you some of that too. Well, you do owe me a package because I sent you. And yes. this is the buried treasure of this, this podcast. Is, We've now this reached is the really point. really... The whole, what this is all about this, this is all about so um to go more backer uh a few months ago maybe like five months ago i discovered a candy at trader joe's chocolate yes. flavored candy uh that is a banana based or banana flavored chocolate candy yes and it's called banana banana candy and it is the like the nuclear banana option as far as I'm concerned. Like, oh yeah, I, the only thing, the only candy that I've ever had that was more nuclear banana was the banana runts. Oh yes, runts? yeah. It's absolutely. just like a little. Hard, it's a little hard crunchy, banana. And it tastes like it's a just hard fucking, banana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but, uh, besides that, this is definitely the the nanners nanners candy is. Yeah. So they are. Um, how would you describe them? So they are a nugget of like 
freeze dried dehydrated banana that's been reconstituted into like a banana y pulp. And then that is surrounded by like a quarter inch of crunchy um, uh, cocoa nibs and uh, or cacao nibs and um, like chalk, like darkish semi sweet um, chocolate in yeah. the shape of a nanner. Yeah, in the shape of a shape of a nanner. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like they're kind of like um, I'd say they're like the first two segments of a pinky. Yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. bent, you know, like yeah. like from the the tip past the first knuckle to the second knuckle, that size yeah. and a little bit bent. Um, yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah, they're they're doused in chocolate. Um, they're you can kind of eat them in two bites if you want, or three bites. They're not. Um, yeah they they're not like a. I would not put a whole one in my mouth i would bite no. it at least in half you, i think when i ate it in the test like when it arrived i made yes. damon stop working and come upstairs and we opened the package with ned on the video yeah. on the video tv and we like cracked it open and there was two packages of nanners nanners candy which is really exciting <laughs> the because double nanners yeah, the double nanners. And the <laughs> the reason we call them nanners nanners instead of bananas bananas is because yeah. a friend of mine from a long time ago said that when he and his brother were little kids, they used to refer to the shape of some women's breasts as nanners if they were especially pointy, which I find hilarious. Yes. Because, I mean, good point. Uh, maybe. So, but now I, I just find the term nanners to be like, hilarious. Just like yes. very, very yes. hilarious for some juvenile awful boy child humor uh-huh. sense of reason yes so um so the nanners nanners candy is funny on several levels it's delightful because it's candy and it tastes really good in the combination and ratios that they've reconstituted the chocolate and yes the bananas yeah um and also you know like boobs which and yeah boobs everybody yeah they're hilarious yeah, yeah any anytime a, a body part's involved it's pretty funny yeah i'm like on the road to nanners like i don't have um you know like lots of people have they have like wear wonder bras or whatever so the sure. shape of their boobs looks like like melons you know right. like very like 1980s breast implants shape is like a yeah. very popular shape i guess but yeah i have like i'm on the pointier end of things but i'm not like to like the ski slope nanner the ski slope love the ski slope i mean the right. thing about like natural they're boobs, all great yeah i mean we could talk about how great all of them are um but to bring it back a little bit to to the chocolate candies right the chocolate not the yeah boob. so one of the reasons that i've that this has been so funny is because i discovered them and then i told you yes. about them i was like make sure you go get some right they're really fun um, and then I couldn't for like a week. A bunch of dumb yeah. things conspired to interfere with my trip to Trader Joe's. And so I was like kept away from the store. Yeah. And so uh-huh. then I was like, you got to get them. And you're like, I'm going to do them today. Yeah. And uh, and at this point, like my hype of this candy was just through the roof. Like it was just <laughs> yeah. too extreme. Like at this point, like no fucking level of you know reality could meet the level of expectations that I was trying to drive into this. Um, I mean they were really fucking good they were really fucking good they are really fucking good i don't feel um, like you overhyped it which is funny to me because i was trying really hard to just be <laughs> like no these are gonna i often like i often say things like they're gonna destroy your nanoreceptors like it's just like life-changing um I'm gonna blow my nanorefuse yeah gonna blow your nanorefuse exactly yeah. um and they so are pretty fucking life-changing yeah and so then you go and you're like they are out and yeah, I walked the whole store. I I made a circuit of every I like up and down every aisle, both sides, did yeah. the zigzag and everything. And I was like, I don't see them. I did find other bagged yellow 
candy in this sort of like on the upper shelf of the freezer section or whatever and I found it and I'm like well these are dark chocolate sea salt covered graham crackers which seems good in and of themselves but not what I was looking for and also deceptive because the bag is yellow and I'm like why is the bag yellow maybe because it's honey graham crackers I don't know but I was like I took it up to the front counter to check out because I was like, I want these graham crackers no matter what. And I was like, yeah. do you have this banana candy that's like banana covered in chocolate? And they're like, oh, they just, uh, we we just sold out of them. And in fact, the spot on the shelf where I picked up the graham cracker bag in yellow was obscuring the spot behind it on the shelf where the Nanners Nanners candy used to be. Yeah. And also in a yellow bag. So um they marched me over to the customer service desk and the lady working at the customer service desk was all too helpful. Um, she was more than willing to call every single Trader Joe's in the Twin Cities, which I would have promptly driven to any of right, to right. get these Nanners Nanners candies if the opportunity had presented itself. But the entire Twin Cities market of Trader Joe's is out of the Nanners Nanners candy in perpetuity, unless, she told me, Unless there was such a response to this candy this time around with the limited release that they decide that it's worth it to put it into mass production, in which case a calendar year from now, it may reappear on shelves as a common stock item. Uh, and told me that this is a program that they run from time to time. They categorize certain foods as like this tryout sort of test market. And then if people respond positively, they bring them back in full production a year later. Yeah. I'm like, okay, great. Well, we can only hope. And then I promptly returned home and told Ned, uh, we are sorely out of luck. Nowhere within driving range of my house carries the Nanners Nanners candies. So Ned ran out. Well, wait, before we get to that part. Yeah. We look on, we're like, oh, we look online. Oh, um, right. Like where else could we potentially source yeah, these, so these Nanners? On eBay, I looked them up and there's a listing. They're trending about 10 to $15 per bag. On eBay, they they sell for around four dollars, depending on where you are. Like, obviously, the pricing is a little different depending on what part of the country you're in. But yeah, they're um, although it looks like it's come down. So on eBay, I can see a buy it now for twelve thirty, which I would say is they're not okay. They're good, but they're not ten or fifteen dollars a bag. Good. However, if you have the money and you're just like fuck it, I'm gonna pay twelve thirty or whatever. Like, I don't think you'll be super disappointed, but no. they're not like they're not that like I think that they're maybe four dollars. They're they're priced right, which yeah. is that if you can get them at Trader Joe's and that's where they sell them and they bring them as a regular product, which oh my yeah. god, I hope they do. Oh then, god, please. Then um then they're absolutely a great value. Like they're perfectly priced. Um, yeah. you get a lot of them. You get enough of them. If you eat a whole bag. It will just ruin you for bananas for days. Like you won't, like you won't be able to taste anything other than just like chocolatey banana goodness, um, mm -hmm. which is a you know its own experience. Sign up for it or don't. Um, yeah. Know what you're getting into. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so then I just went and bought some and dropped them in a uh, you know a flat rate mailer at USPS yes. and send them to you, and you just got them today. Yes, and it was delightful when they showed up because I opened yeah. the package basically within several minutes of it arriving. Like I told yeah. you about it, and then you're like, ah, and I was like, Damon's coming up, we'll open it. And um, it had been out in my mailbox, which is like 40 degrees. So they were like delightfully chilly Perfect. when I opened yeah. the package. Like it made the yeah. chocolate kind of crunchy. Oh, yes, so I keep good. mine, I usually keep mine in the fridge, although it's been very cold. So I've had them out fine. Um, but we're going to get into the warm time 
of weather here in San Diego yeah. pretty soon, and then I'll have to keep my chocolates in the fridge because there's really no other way for it. Right. Um, yeah, we don't have air conditioning, but I so I keep all my chocolate in the fridge. Um, and then I have to worry about other fridge smells like contaminating the chocolate because chocolate mm-hmm. absorbs flavors really easily because it's a fat base yep. with chocolate suspended in it. And so um, I usually try to package up my to- chocolate nice and keep it airtight. But um, with those nanners, like there's no worries that that it will exude yep. odor. It will never absorb it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, everything will be banana. Like I smell them oh, when fridge. I go into the. I, I knew they were there because I could smell them when I went into the <laughs> store. Like, I mean, I didn't know right when I came in because it's a whole store, but like I was walking around and then I had a mild <laughs> panic when they weren't where they weren't like in my Trader Joe's, they have like a new product shelf <laughs> yeah. and then it was out and I thought, fuck, they're out. But then I went and walked around the regular store and then I was like buying something else and I was like, I smell bananas and I looked up and they were right there. Oh my like, God. Yes. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Like it's like a homing beacon with the smell. Yes. Yeah. You can like they're not you can smell them through the package, even though they're well packaged. Yes. Um, They're kind of in one of those like like, resealable zip. It was kind of funny because you were like, what does the package smell like? And we sniffed the box before we opened it, but I couldn't smell them through the box. And then as soon as we cracked the box open, it was like, oh, bananas. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Bananas. So good. What I was going to say is uh, the whole uh, requirement to keep chocolate in the fridge so it doesn't turn into a sloppy mess in your kitchen because of it getting hot outside we don't have air conditioning at our house and um i don't know why i never thought of this before but on the western side of the house which is the long broad side of the house it gets really hot in the late afternoon like crazy fucking hot the temperature Mm -hmm. inside the house will go up like 20 degrees in a space of a few minutes it's like nutso after 3 p.m here so i'm gonna plant super tall sunflowers on that side of the house to shade the house oh this is fantastic yeah what a great idea right like 14 foot tall sunflowers yeah yeah oh also we need to mention the uh the you the you me food review on youtube that's like so it's these uh these two amazing ladies um and their yeah, their YouTube so channels called at you me food review, and they did a they did a reco- they did a cover they did a review of the bananas bananas candy, and yes. it's so funny to me because it's very like Minnesotan right like they're just yes! like they're they're in their beanies and they're sitting they like cram onto one chair and they sit there <laughs> with the like that and like it starts with them just talking about how I don't know if I like this camera angle and they're like adjusting shit and yeah. then they just sit down and get to the business of eating the nanners and um. <laughs> It just brings me so much light. I mean, there's, and I love too, like how few people have viewed the video. It's like 145 yeah. views or something, which is yes. fully like our favorite kinds of YouTube videos, <laughs> right? Like, it's just like, yeah. no, not popular, not fucking overproduced. Like, just right. some people in their house, like showing you, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. This one's only three minutes long of right. just like their thoughts. I mean, it's why we like Peter Draws so much, right? It's just totally. like fucking fantastic. Um, I have watched him draw on his own face like three times in the last several so days. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I was in like a weird mood and I was like, I know what I want to fall asleep to is Peter drawing on his face. And the, the first line of that video, it went, I'll tell you right now, it went badly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And it's so it's so delightful because it's like his disappointment in it is great because it's like you get to see like how somebody handles disappointment in a very like healthy way. It's like he doesn't (laughs) fucking lose his shit and like yell at somebody. He's just like, 
you know, fucking great. Oh, well, that didn't go so well. Here's yeah. the video anyway. It's so yeah. good. So and like good. that one, the drawing, it's, he's not wrong. It's like it just didn't look nearly as good as he thought it was going, you know, when he started. Yeah. And of course, the other thing is like you have to understand he's drawing on his face in uh, in permanent marker, like Sharpie. in Sharpie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's great. <laughs> and it's it's not like he's drawing dicks. It's like he's trying to draw this like, you know, swirly art. His yeah. art style is yeah, fantastic. Lots of like sort of like biological shapes and a lot of lines, a lot mm-hmm. of line work. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I watched that and I, I just, man, is he ever great. Mm-hmm. Uh, he puts out some good stuff. If you haven't heard us talk about him before, or even if you have, go yeah. watch Peter Draws on yes. YouTube. I am. We are moments away. Moments in terms of like the cosmic scheme of things. Yes. More like days or weeks away from in human scale time, um, from shutting down Netflix, Hulu, and HBO Max because I am fucking tired of subscriptions. I am tired of bleeding money out the backside without even having to use the service. I'm going all yes. YouTube Premium all the way. That's I, what I'm doing. I mean, I support this. I'm moving over. It was funny because I was like, HBO, I'm done with you. And they're like, are you sure? Because we're only going to charge you $7 a month for the next three months. And I was like, no, you're right. I'll watch Succession before <laughs> I leave. So now me and Damon are watching Succession. That's funny. Which I like, okay, I don't, have you seen any of Succession? Yes. Yeah. Did you, were you aware when you started watching it ahead of time that it was supposed to be funny? Um... I Is it supposed to be funny? Because I find it extremely funny, and I'm not sure if it was actually written that way. I mean, I think this is part of the problem of our humor, right? So, yeah. Like, what, you know, it's like, was it written as a comedy? I think no. Although, maybe, like, it's tricky because i yes i agree with you it is funny like it's this like absurd the absurdity and like it feels very much like just sort of like mocking the existence of these people like the way right but but then but then it's sort of like the reason that i struggle with like a show like the office where it's like the problem is is that people think that this is too extreme and not real oh and it's like no this is you know like super yeah in line with what people do and how people think (laughs) about the world and like it's like no this is oh my god yeah um so i don't know i don't uh i there are many funny moments in that show i find it um i haven't watched all of it but i watched most of it and it's pretty funny um mostly i haven't seen all of the earlier episodes i saw basically through most of this last season okay Um, i think there's still a few left coming out i'm not sure but anyway it's good um i think it's well acted and i think it's really interesting it's just uh it's also like it's you know it's like that like those kids like the like they never can quite get out from under him you know and it's like yes and and the way that he just like controls them all the time is just It's like such a perfect example of how like you're not really an adult until your parents are dead. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Because at any time they can come and like show up and just infantilize you. Yes. Yeah. Just constantly infantilizing you. And 
um, you know, manipulating and controlling you through, you know, control of resource, which to yeah, me, it's coercion. like, it's, it's super telling about our, our conflict with the baby boomer generation, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, as a country, as a nation, we're sitting here like, our fucking parents are still fucking yeah. in office, fucking making decisions about shit and like, you know, fucking around and controlling yeah. everything and doing nothing that's in our interest. It's yeah. all in their interest over and over and over again. And we're just yeah. constantly like, we just can't quite get a hold of any of it. Um, oh my God. We were having this conversation about Diane Feinstein. Yeah. And how like Nancy Pelosi like rushed to her defense. Like if she was a man, she would, nobody would be questioning her fitness for office. And I'm like, she hasn't been able to do her job since February and she's like 89. Right. right. Like it's not about the sexism, Nance. Right. It's about you and your army of crypt keepers who won't fucking let go. Oh my God. Oh my God. So yeah, succession kind of like, I feel like it's written as a satire or like, uh, like a very dark comedy, but, uh, but I don't, I've never like read or heard anything to suggest that I'm right about that. Like maybe that's just my personal lens that I'm filtering mm -hmm. through. Yeah. Know. And I mean, that's what I, that's kind of what I'm getting at is that yeah, um, it's definitely it's not, not billed as a, a comedy. Yeah. It's not billed as a comedy. Um, okay. That was my question because I was like, did the, did the writers write this as a dark comedy? Like, is it supposed to be funny or is it just my orientation to the world that makes me find it so humorous? Um, actually, no dark comedy. Oh, it is a dark comedy. Yeah. Okay. I was like, so I, th this is my own like prejudices against the show or whatever. I don't, I didn't really know anything about it except that it was kind of like supposed to be modeled on Rupert Murdoch or some other famous overbearing media empire yeah. guy. Right. So like, and, and, I, but I didn't really, I thought it was supposed to be like a drama and serious. I didn't realize it was supposed to be funny. So when I started NPR, laughing at it yeah. really hard, I was like, what's wrong with me? So NPR uh, bills it as HBO's hit dark comedy succession returns okay. to its final season. Um, uh, IndieWire uh, refers to it as a dark comedy. Um, okay. All right. So I'm not, I'm yeah, not no, broken. you're not. I'm you're right not on track. Uh, let me see if we can find <laughs> what it says about Wikipedia. Yeah, no, you're not only you're not broken, but you're, you know, yeah, exactly in line with what popular media or some some media outlets. Yeah. Um, I find the show very entertaining. Yeah. Genre, comedy, drama, black comedy, family drama, satire, tragic comedy. Yeah. That's the okay. that's the genre listings for the TV show on Perfect. Wikipedia. So, yeah great well i shall laugh away unencumbered then, yes yes you may <laughs> unburden yourself of that moral dilemma <laughs> should i be laughing at this right um uh, do you have like a favorite character on that show i kind of like roman the best um i will i mean at this point i have to say like i've not i've not watched near katie uh watches yeah. it a lot and okay um and she's watched it like religiously and i have seen um most of it like on and off with her but it's like i haven't i've seen like most i've seen many episodes from each season but i haven't watched it like you know yeah here's season like, one to yeah back to back yeah. um so for me it's more like the broad strokes of like seeing that like i think um uh what's his name the um uh the main um uh brian cox does oh yeah fucking the amazing Logan Roy yeah like he's so the, good as a character he's fucking reprehensible right like yeah um i 
yeah roman yeah i could see that um yeah he's that the sort of half brother um yeah yeah he's pretty great i have like, yeah it's like the the like he's like the one who doesn't give a shit about the company right like, okay yeah yeah i've i've enjoyed um the the connor roy the alan ruck you know who plays yes! i've enjoyed like the, the bits that he i've seen of him i don't again i don't know his like character arc in a way to like really like engage with it but like i saw i've seen him in different parts and i've enjoyed like his portrayal of that character yeah. um <clears throat> i do I like, like a... i like uh also um shiv like yes. she has some great moments that i've seen have you noticed that all of the children have nicknames that shorten to something that's really funny? Like yes. Siobhan shortens to Shiv, which is something you stab somebody Yes, with. it's so great. I mean, um, I think that for me, it's like the biggest part of it. Yeah. <laughs> and like Connor's name, if you shorten it, is Con. Mm-hmm. And Roman's name, if you shorten it, is Rome, which is hilarious because he's like the wayward child who doesn't really actually want to do any of the work. Right. And and isn't gunning for the company. Yeah. And then um, what's the, uh, the eldest kid who's like the one who can't get his shit together oh uh, uh greg greg no, no that's the grandson um yeah that's the grandson that come that pukes out of the eyeballs of the animal head that he's in the mascot costume yeah um it's not connor it's not alan ruck's character it's right? Ken- they call him kenny oh kendall. kenny kendall kendall yeah half brother <clears throat> um yeah. eldest child from logan's second marriage right yes yeah. Yeah, he's fucking weird. Yeah, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, it's a great show. I yeah. I didn't really know anything about it, but I knew I just knew that there was like a lot of buzz about it. And so right. when I right. watched it, I was I was unprepared for it to be funny. Yeah. Um, because I didn't know any better, <clears throat> and so I ended up getting kind of sucked into it because I thought it was so funny, and I was like, if I'm going to be laughing this hard at it, I should probably watch it with Damon. Right. Right. And yes. then um, I w- and I. I gave him the caveat. I'm like, I'm not sure that this is supposed to be funny. Right. But it is. So you're going to love it. Yeah. He thinks it's really funny too. So that's funny. Cruising through it. I got to hurry up and do it because I am desperate to get rid of these, like these These services. It's basically the cable wars all over again. Yep. Yeah. Just escalating fee structures and Mm -hmm. like constant increasing. And it's like, and all of them are operating on the same premise is like what are you gonna do not watch tv yeah and you're like well watch me yeah (laughs) or don't or don't you don't get to watch me not watch tv (laughs) (laughs) that's right you can't watch me watching yeah well Uh i um i mean so my fire tv box that i've had for years and years finally kind of shit the bed and like the remote i couldn't get the remote working and so i went to um i set up a like a media server because i was like oh well i really only watch youtube um, and then I was severely disappointed to find out that um, YouTube really only supports apps for like kind of fucking super commercial boxes. You can't just make your own box and have a YouTube app on it. <sighs> um, you could, I could like set it up and just make it a computer, but then it's like you need the fucking mouse to click around and shit. And I can't just like have the fucking remote work with it. So I've actually kind of gone off YouTube entirely. And like at this point, I haven't been watching anything, um, ah, nice. which has been good. And I may continue that trend for a while because I can't bring myself to buy any of the fucking set-top boxes that they sell. Um, and I'm like, don't that's fine. I already don't really have a TV and I just had a fucking projector set up in my living room and now right. it's like I don't so ever great. turn it on. And mm-hmm. yeah, and like maybe we'll watch, like 
I might go back to like, you know, occasionally like watching something on my laptop or something where I just plug it into the projector and when it's like movie yeah. night, but um yeah. Yeah. Cuz YouTube has like I still have YouTube Premium cuz I I enjoy I listen to music as well and I got that like Same. grandfathered in package deal. That's and, uh, so cool. I had to yeah. pay for them separate. Oh, well. Um but anyway, they I mean they raised their prices on it. It was supposed to be lifetime price and then that fucking disappeared. It was supposed to be 9.99 lifetime price for when I got it, it was the Google Music which was different. Yes. And then they killed that and rolled mm-hmm. it into YouTube Music which I was like, well this sucks because it wasn't as good. Yes, um, it was not as good. I was like, I don't need fucking I know you can turn the videos off, but for that was always been an issue and like managing the playlists and fucking everything is just yeah. like a shit show. Um yep. Anyway, uh I preferred like Google Music was my favorite and YouTube yep. Music was right behind it and yep. um I put up with YouTube Music because they discontinued the Google Music. Yeah, you had no but choice. I still yeah. think that Google Music is better than the other things out there. It's better than Amazon Music, it's better than fucking Spotify. I hate Spotify. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And all these other things that are like you need to they they there's so much control built into these user interfaces where it's like you have to pick a genre you can't just like, I don't know, whatever. It's yeah. I have disliked all of the other interfaces that I've worked with, and I settled on YouTube Music once they canceled the Google Play, and mm-hmm. it's just like fuck. Right, fuck. right. But it's still, I mean, it's still better than everything else out there. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless somebody knows of something way greater than YouTube, why don't you tell us? <laughs> Please. Right. Right. Yeah. I've been feeling like our conversations are really one way lately, and I'd really appreciate it if somebody would respond. Oh, yes. <laughs> I uh, mean, not really. You don't have to. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. Well, I do notice that we've hit our hour mark. Um, oh well. And in also, that case, I mean, we we covered all the important things. We got to Nanners. Yes, we did get to Nanners. Um, we talked we, about dead cats and hummingbirds and frogs. And frogs. Um, we talked about. Uh, the book. Yumi food review, the book, yep. Peter Draws, Succession. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the book, which we started out with. Like, don't forget to buy our book because it'll, you could be laughing 65% more, more of the time if you have yes. that book in your hands. Yeah. Um, and also, I think we mentioned in another podcast, and I'll maybe mention on this episode, there'll be maybe two episodes. Um, if you find the price of the book too much, uh, you can email us directly and we can get you a copy for much cheaper um we have uh i think the book right now we listed it for 20 dollars or 19.99 um, they don't give you a lot of options and that's no, like the like it's sanest. it's yeah it's kind of we how we arrived at that was very risky or not risky it is there's a certain level of risk which is that um we wanted to be the most friendly as possible to booksellers which means that we wanted to allow um returns which is to say like if they order books and they don't sell they can send them back and get some of their money back um however that means we pay for the returns like ingram spark doesn't fucking they they get the money coming and going right like if they print that book they're taking money from somebody um and and to be fair like the pricing on it is not unreasonable so um you know we pay uh but we also wanted to incentivize or allow booksellers to make money off of our book, which means that we give them the highest discount possible, which is 55%. And mm-hmm. so what that means is that they don't even pay us that much to get 
an order of the book and right. most of that goes to Ingram Spark to print the copy of the book and then um and so then if they if the bookseller orders the book and then they're like wait there's abortion in here fuck this shit right. and they want to return it then yeah. we're on the hook to Ingram Spark for the cost of that printing of that book and then we don't even get the books because um, they just get destroyed. You can yeah. have them shipped back to you, but then but you pay for the shipping. Yeah. Right. And so we're like, well, the lowest risk then still having returns was to just have the books destroyed. And we we decided that would work out. So we'll see how it goes. Um, so far, it's only been a month, so we don't know yet. Um, but anyway, my point is, if yes. you look up the book um, and you're listening, like, how do I find this book? So it's every time a bell rings. If you Google it um, and you add the author Disaster, then you should find some copies available through Barnes & Noble or through Amazon, whichever. Um, there's probably some booksellers. You can also probably go to your local bookstore and have them order it for you and pay the $19.99. And they'd probably be happy to do it because we offer the best possible yeah. discount. They're not um, getting gouged. If yeah. You so if you're not in a hurry and you like your local bookstore, this is a great way yeah. for you to support them, I think. Um, yes. or, or if you talk to them and they're like, no, this is terrible. We'd love to hear about that. Um, and you can email us uh, FCB, uh, Dana, D-A-N-A at FCBM.io. Anyway, Bingo. you can also send us an email and say, hey, I'd love to get this book. I can't afford $20, yeah. but I'd really like to have a copy. Um, send us an email and we'll figure it out because we can order our our like bookseller right. price and then we yeah. can try and you know we give that extend that to then, you yeah yeah and then turn around and just give that to you right exactly um so you know that's uh because this is not i mean obviously we're gonna make millions of dollars we're but, gonna be so rich but before yes, that <laughs> but before that um yeah by all means uh let us know send us an email and we'll we'll try and figure it out that's yeah. all i'm gonna say about that yeah 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 um yeah Okay, I don't know. That's all cool. I got. Book subsidies. Book subsidies. Yeah, we will subsidize your literature collection right. one book at a time. Yeah, that's right. And and by one book, I mean just the one book that we have. Right. <laughs> I can't do the rest of them. But, yeah. I mean, I might send you some used books off my bookshelf if you're if, you, if I think they'd appeal to you, and we discuss it. But that's a separate issue. <laughs> we won't foist strangers. Yeah, I'm not going to just randomly send you a box of books. Box of books. Yeah, it's like yeah. Media mail. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks. Everybody. If you made it this far, congratulations. Yes. Yeah, you're in the rarefied air of one of our fans, so that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I guess Wait. they're not that rarefied. I mean, you seem to have a, anyway. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yes, every one of you is a special, unique snowflake, and absolutely, you know, we're all the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, super great, super important yep. work, you guys. Oh, doing <laughs> such important work, you guys. Great job. Great job. Okay. <laughs> Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye.